Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Esker on Air. Uh, we are excited to bring you uh, kind of a special podcast episode in honor of Veterans Day. Uh, there are over 21 million veterans in the United States. Uh, these are men and women who served in all branches of the United States Armed Forces, uh, including the Marines, uh, Army, Air Force, Navy, and Coast Guard. Today, we have the honor of listening to four of our veterans here at Esker talk about their experiences uh, while in active duty and also today post-duty. Uh, these veterans are Dan Reeve, our Director of Sales and Business Development, Harry Zimmer, uh, a Sales Development Representative, and two of our Business Development Managers, uh, Matt Postalwaite and Mike Nikas. So gentlemen, thank you for joining us today and uh, sharing with us some of your experiences as veterans. Uh, to start things off, could you uh, please each introduce yourself uh, to the audience and let them know what branch you served on, uh, how long you served, and where you were based. Uh, I'll start. This is Dan Reeve. Um, hey, Scott. So I was, I, did, I was with the British Army for 10 years um, as a combat engineer, uh, part of the Royal Engineers. And then I transferred. I found a, a loophole and managed to transfer to the Wisconsin National Guard uh, to the Mobile um, Public Affairs Unit for 18 months. Uh, so that was the time the, 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 and the organizations. I was originally... Uh, regiment was based in Nottingham, England. And um, I did one tour of duty in Iraq in March 2003. And I think I answered all your questions or did I, did I miss one? Uh, no, I think uh, I think you got okay. there. All right. Hey, Scott. Uh, Harry Zimmer here. Uh, part of the U.S. Army Reserves, uh, specifically at the 102nd MP Company uh, out of Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Uh, I've been an MP in the U.S. Army Reserves for almost uh, five years. Uh, I'm now switching uh, roles uh, to the officer side. Uh, so I am now a, a cadet at the ROTC program at UW-Whitewater uh, while uh, going for my master's. And um, uh, otherwise, uh, one deployment in Afghanistan, uh, Kabul, um, <coughs> protecting high-ranking officials. And um, um, that's, that's really about it from my end. Matt, how about yourself? Hey, Scott. Uh, Matt Postawaite. I served in the United States Navy. Uh, I served for four and a half years. Uh, I was based in Norfolk, Virginia. I was uh, my my uh, my ship was the USS Josephus Daniels as part of the Theodore Roosevelt Battle Group, and I served during the um, Desert Storm and also the Bosnian conflict. Was part of both of those. I uh, served during both of those. Uh, both of those conflicts. Hey Matt, remind me what you did. Uh, I was an operations specialist, and with the operations through the operations specialist did every a little bit of everything, everything from uh, navigation all the way up to uh, controlling the aircraft, uh, as far as you know, telling them where to fly, what coordinates, what speeds, and so on and so forth. Great, and, and finally, Mike, how about yourself? Yeah, uh, Mike Nikas here. Uh, I was in the United States Army from 1997 to just a a few months before 9-11. So I I always kind of preface that when I talk to folks about it being a a pretty fortunate four-year window, because unlike the the other three, I didn't actually have to go to a uh, a combat zone. Um, But I did go to, I did do basic in Fort Knox, Kentucky, where all the gold is. And then I was off to Fort Carson, Colorado, where I had a, a great time for about three years. 
And then lastly, I was stationed in my last year, my fourth year, in uh, South Korea, Camp Casey, South Korea. And during that time, I was a I was a cavalry scout. Okay, great. Well, you know, I know that all veterans have different experiences from their time serving, but uh, you know, is is there anything you guys miss uh, from being in the military? I know, uh, Harry, you're you're still kind of active duty there, or, or still very much involved. Um, but is there anything you miss, or are there any uh, you know points, uh, high or low, maybe that that you'd like to share? Well, I think in terms of, um, you know, high points for me, there were, there were many, many high points. This is Dan and, you know, I got to, through the Army and the Mountaineering Association and their focus on fitness. So I got to climb in the Himalayas twice and all over the world. It was fantastic. I also got my first taste of America. They sent me on an exchange with the U.S. Um, Air Force of Oakville, Wisconsin. So it was just fantastic to get to work with uh, other coalition soldiers and airmen and, and, and to do those sort of exchanges. I also really enjoyed it when they would let me vaporize cars and bridges. I found that to be a particularly exciting <laughs> <laughs> to spend a little bit of uh, tax dollars, um, you know, money. I, I really enjoyed the, the, the demolition side of the job. So that, I I mean, no, go that's ahead, awesome. I'll let the other guys, sorry, Harry, go ahead. We'll, we'll come back to low points later. Uh, I, I'd say for the high points for me, um, I, you know, miss being on deployment with the guys, you know, um, 16 of us all, all kind of knew each other for strengths and weaknesses. So, you know, you, you're away from your family, but then you've got your family there with you. Um, I'd, I'd say going just like with Dan, you know, spending tax dollars and say going to the range almost every few days just to blow up some steam or get some additional training in and traveling, you know, since being part of a PSD team, we got to travel back and forth between, you know, the Middle East and, and Europe. So I'd say those are some of the high points that I missed. Yeah, Scott, this is Matt. Uh, one of the, the, the biggest thing that I miss is the camaraderie with that you have with your, uh, you know, with, with your, with your friends, with the people that you're serving with and, you know, you're, 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 you're alongside them, you're, you're training daily. And there's a lot of, uh, you, you get to be a tight knit group and you have to depend on one another. And, um, then also being in the Navy, one of the things I miss is being able to go to some of the great places that I went to. I, I traveled all over uh, South America. I've been to the Mediterranean twice. Uh, I've been to, uh, several different islands in the Caribbean. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of great places to visit. So those are, those are always, uh, you know, things that I miss, uh, you know, about the Navy. Um, I, I don't miss, um, sleeping in close, uh, quarters with, uh, 30 other, uh, guys. I do not miss that. I imagine your wife's a bit disappointed because now you probably got no <laughs> to go on, on, on Mediterranean cruises. You're like, I'm not paying for that. I've been there. Is that a case yeah. That? yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went on our first cruise last year. It was the first one we've ever went on. It was a Disney right. cruise. <laughs> Mike, how about you? Um, no, I think one of the things that I missed the most was some of the camaraderie that Matt just spoke about. Uh, going to the range, you know, I was getting better and better there, as Harry alluded to. Um, but I just, it was, it was a whirlwind, you know, it was a total, it changed your life drastically, right? I, so I, 
I'm swept off. You know, I sign the papers. I even do delayed entry because I, I, you know, I, I'm kind of scared, right? So I get three months of delayed entry to sit there and say my long goodbye to friends and family. And then it's just this whirlwind into, into basic training and, you know, not knowing a soul, right? And then, and then, and then having to, you know, get broken down and then, you know, built back up. Um, and then, and then getting to Colorado, which was, I was super excited about, right? Colorado was a dream of mine as a 20 year old. And then, then to learn that in two months, we're going to Kuwait for four months. And I was, it's, you're, you're constantly having to adjust and react and to not, you know, not get down on yourself and stuff like that. So I loved the constant change. Um, I, I love being, I was in Korea, I was in Kuwait and I was in Colorado, you know, I call, call it the three K's. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was, it was a four year whirlwind and it was very much enjoyable and I, I miss a lot of things about it, but it was exciting. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, Mike, Mike brings up a, a point. I think we'd all agree that your battle buddies, your mates, I think the, the thing that I certainly miss is, but also benefited from was, um, so my best man, we've been friends for 20 years, but when we first met in, in, in he was in my, my troop or platoon, and we hated one another. Um, you know, I had a few more stripes than he did, and he was a farm boy, but he sure knew how to make anything work pretty much. And his skills really came into fore in, in um, Iraq, where, where we built a pipeline. He was phenomenal. And I, I think what happened is we came to appreciate each other one night it was like a Saturday night, three in the morning. We've been on a survival exercise, and he and I are, you know, snuggling up to one another inside a, a lean-to we'd made on this survival exercise. And I think we, there, was, there comes a point when you drop your ego and you suddenly think, well, who is this person next to me? He's he or she is just trying to get through the day, and 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 you you team up and you help one another out. We've been best friends for twenty years, which I think is a great story because I think it was the military that perhaps not only forced us together, forced us to, to recognize each other's strengths and, and weaknesses, like you say, but you do become a bit more tolerant or you, you do know that, oh, that's my buddy. I know how he is when he's in, when he's really tired, he can get a bit cranky, but that's okay. You know, I think you, you, you sort of learn that about one another. And then I certainly know that, I, you know, it taught me my weakness when I get really tired and sleep deprived and we've all been there. We're literally we've hallucinated or the forest will not stop spinning around you because you're so tired you cannot keep your eyes open, but you have to. Um, I think you learn a lot about yourself. and you, you perhaps learn that you have more energy and more drive in there than, than you might have known otherwise. You know? So there were some of the, the things I, I took away from. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> going off, uh, you know, with dances, you know, with knowing, you know, your, your buddies, their little idiosyncrasies, you know, you, you, you know, they know, you know where you're at the where you need to be as a standard in the army and you know you're there to kind of help push each other and it doesn't matter at the end of the day you guys are all in the same same boat you know um you know just trying to get through the day and i would, I would say for the lowest point i mean i mean i i have to go all the way back to basic training i did i never really camped when i was younger um i never was really an outdoor kind of person you know and um we had to do night you know a night guard fire guard out in the out in the field and you know it was downpouring and i'm just sitting here thinking to myself like what is what did i sign myself up for why you know i'm out here pretending that there's bad guys 
there's no there's no one out here. It's just drill sergeants walking around, smoking smoking us and yelling at it, yelling at us for falling asleep. And you know, I could be on my couch, you know, playing video games or hanging out with my buddies at a bar. And no, I'm I'm here. I'm stuck with this fake. Well, not fake. It was a real two four nine. You know, blank bullets. You know, and, you know. But then I then I look over at my buddy Lamar and I'm like. He's like, man, this sucks. And I was like, yeah. And, you know, then we just started telling each other stories. And I think that's, you know, that that's where it came into is that, you know, uh, you know, it's a nice, um, you know, kind of nice set of skills that you start building is, is telling, telling each other stories. And you, you can't just sit there and silent. You really got to, you know, push each other and kind of help each other out. So stay focused because last thing you want to do is, 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 you know, fail, fail and fall asleep on your own self. And you don't want to do that. So. So, sorry. I, I noticed um, kind of the perfect way to, to segue into, into the next question. Um, you know, Dan, you were mentioning uh, your best man and you identified the skills that he brought to the table. Um, you know, Harry, you were talking about how um, the, the guy you were next to, you, you had different ways of kind of uh, connecting with each other, but uh, you know, what kind of, what kind of skills, what kind of traits have you been able to take away uh, from your experiences in the military and, and apply them to your current roles? Um, you know, even going beyond that, if there's anybody listening here that might be thinking about hiring uh, somebody who has experience uh, in the United States military, what would you say uh, to them? I think um, for me, and I'm sure, you know, the, the lads here will have their own opinions. For me, it taught me that I had more energy and drive. And I think it brought out the competitiveness in me, which is important in, 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 in sales. You know, you've got to be driven. You've got to meet the standard, as Harry talked about, and you want to exceed the standard. Um, it it really sort of drove this expectation of excellence. And so I think I've always since then held myself that, oh, not that I'm in the military anymore, but I want to still sort of honor and, and stick to some of the, the the drive, the competitiveness, the professionalism, the excellence that, that they expected. I think it rubs off. It, it rubbed off on me. I think it rubs rubs off on many. So if you were, if you are interviewing a can, potential candidate, you know maybe you you sort of look for examples of that. You might find some of that. Um, that that's my my take. Yeah, just to go off on that, um, you know, at least for me, it, I'd say like I highlighted storytelling. Um, a lot of active listening, you know, and and attention to detail. They're always talking about being attentive to detail. Uh, could save your life, could save your buddies, um, but also at the same time, um, you know, it it taught me to be, you know, have a competitive drive, you know, and meet exceed the standard. And I kind of try to apply that, um, you know, to every job that I've been in, and especially over at Esker. Um, you know, I'd like to exceed that goal. I hate hate not meeting the standard and uh, I'm one of those guys that kind of take it takes it to heart you know but if I'm not seeing the goals that I set myself um just like just like in the army you know if I'm not hitting the PT score that I want um you know like I, I kind of get down but then then again I, I think to myself you know who do I who do I who do I look to and I kind of treat my coworkers like my battle buddies you know I'm, I'm asking um you know, you know what can I do to you know, get to where you're at, you know, how can I exceed, you know, and now that I'm switching over to the officer officer side, now I'm, 
I'm being held to an even higher standard. So um, a lot of, I guess you'd say a lot of pressure, you know, um, especially uh, working in sales. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's, I always think to myself, like, there's, there's a, there's a lot better, there's a lot of other things to, you know, not worry about while you're, while you're uh, in the army. And so, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at over at Escare. Yeah, and this is Matt. Hi. Uh, to follow up on what Harry and Dan were saying, you know, one of the things that uh, is that that I took away, you know, I was thinking about this question when I was reading it um, again uh, earlier today. And one of the, the things that I've taken away and applied it towards sales are several things. But the, the, the thing that stood out to me are, are two words, discipline and routine. Uh, you know, just having the discipline to have that routine and do the same, you know, do repetitive task over again that that work that that, uh, you know, you're trained and you you're, it's ingrained into you when you're in the military is just, you know, that repetition makes that practice makes perfect, if you will. And just repeating those repeating that process over and over again, because, you know, in sales, we repeat a, a, a process. We go through it and there, there, there's a process to it. Now, not everyone is exactly the same. Uh, obviously, much like, you know, not every uh, drill or every uh, um, every, uh, you know, thing that you are are faced with in the military is the same. So that's transferable uh, as far as that that goes. And another thing for me personally um, was just doing a lot of physical stuff that, you know, took me outside of my comfort zone. You know, some of the training that I had uh you know, really took me, you know, out of my comfort zone, which is a good thing. I think, uh, you know, a lot of times it's, it's good for, uh, good for individuals to, to, to come out of their comfort zone. And then, you know, lastly for me in sales, uh, is being able to think on the fly and make decisions, uh, very quickly. You know, when you're in front of a customer, uh, if you're in front of a, you know, you're in a boardroom or you're in, you know, in today's world, if you're on a, you're on a, uh, a team's call with uh, with the CFO or VP of finance or whatever with, you know, with with a customer. And, uh, you know, sometimes you need to be able to be flexible and make decisions and think on the fly. And that is something that I felt like was transferable from my time in the military. Last but not least, um, there's a, a saying that I've always taken away from my days in the military, and that was uh, embrace the suck. Um, and it was it was born again, too, with the Chicago Cubs a couple of years ago. They had all these T-shirts called embrace the suck. I mean, there were so many times where, like as a cab scout, you are out on an observation point, an OP, right? And you're supposed to sit there even during training exercises for days at a time and just report back enemy movement. And there were days where it was so hot in Kuwait, for instance, or so muggy and the mosquitoes were so bad in Korea that I, I put my gas mask on in like 95 degree heat just to keep them off me. And you're out there for hours. There's nowhere to go. There, there's, there's no reprieve, right? So you have to embrace that. And that's something that I've taken with me ever since my days, which is 20 years ago now, since I got out of the, out of the military. Um, is that as bad as, you know, updating Salesforce or cold calling or doing any of the things that Esker demands or that being a salesperson demands? 
none of it compares to <laughs> kind of how bad it was way back in the day. And so I don't get overwhelmed as a result. And I do look at other folks in my life. And I do think that a lot of folks probably could have benefited from um, some some military training, some some drill sergeants yelling at them for a couple of weeks, you know, um, might have made them into, uh, I don't know, stronger, maybe more well-adapted individuals later on in life. You know, I think you bring up a good point, Mike. Sometimes I look back, I remember a day in Iraq where we, we, we threw out some bottles of water and the local kids were driving southern Iraq near Basra and we were driving along and the kids came running out to pick up these bottles of water as if they'd just won the lottery. And I was looking at the, you know, the, the homes where they lived and the, yeah. I was looking at the lack of infrastructure and you could tell they were so excited to get this bottle of water to take home to their parents. And it just hit me. You're here moaning about the fact that you, you know, you're wearing body armor and you're hot and your meal's right in the, if you want a meal, I've got a meal. I've got a fresh meal tonight. I've got, I've got water. Okay. It's hot, but you, I, I've been used to that now for six months, you know, but just to see that. And sometimes I do it when, when, when life is hard, I'll remind myself, I'll take a hard day here over any average day in Iraq because the, you know, the, the, just being willing to play on your positives and, and, and remember what you have versus it really dawns on me. And now I have two girls of myself and I, I'm so grateful for my, I don't think unless things go really bad, they will probably ever be in such a bad situation as those little girls that I saw in, in, in Basra. I mean, it, it, it touched me. It kind of, you know, I felt pretty, it definitely made me great, grateful. I think that when you've had tough times, have been taken out of your comfort zone, as you talked about, Matt, or seen something that was quite shocking, you're like, you know, things aren't that bad. Things are manageable here. Agreed. For sure. Uh, and Dan, uh, that that's a great Great point. I spent some time in South America. Nothing like nothing like uh, Iraq, but uh, in in South America, there's a lot of poverty, and uh, in, in particular, uh, countries like Peru and Ecuador. And just to see the poverty level that those people work in, we did a lot of we did some community outreach when we were uh, when we were training with those navies, and uh, and. You know, did see things within the community, uh, and just to see, you know, how much they appreciated that, and just to see the level of of poverty uh, was was mind boggling uh, for me. And like you said, makes you appreciate where where you are, where we are, uh, with us and our families. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one, especially when you're used to you know 200 megabytes uh, per second of uh, internet and download up, upload speed and then you get over to a base in afghanistan and you've got 2.1 uh and so you know you're kind of like man this is this is going to take hours to load a a video that i just want to watch or um you know and then you see kids on the streets and uh in kabul and there's, there's and then you see all the corrupted police and you, you know people and there's, I, you know, I know we have our struggles here in the U.S., but it doesn't compare to a, um, a day for a, a child in, in Afghanistan at all. Um, you know, they, you know, we're driving by and they're, they're motioning me like I'm hungry. Like, give me some food. And, you know, we, unfortunately, we, you know, you can't get out and, and give them food because that's just another opportunity for, you know, uh, the, the enemy to take a shot at us. So, 
you know, uh, as much as we'd like to stop on the road and give them water and some food, it's, you gotta, you gotta keep driving and then you kind of gotta, you know, you know, reel yourself back in and be like, I'm, I'm here to do this. Um, as much as I want to be philanthropist over here, I got, you know, that's not what the, the army, uh, uh, you know, has taught me. So, um, taught me more to be self-disciplined and, 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 and be grateful what, for what you have. Healthy dose of, uh, of perspective all around, it sounds like. Uh, so b- before we uh, wrap up here today, uh, is there anything else that uh, any of you would uh, like to add? Anything else that you think people should know about, uh, you know, life as a veteran? I think coming home, is it, it, it can be tricky. Um, I think sometimes as a veteran, what we didn't realize is when you go overseas, or if you're in Matt's case, if you're on a ship and you're, or you're deployed or whatever, the world continues to move back home. You know, the, you come back in the streets, suddenly there's five more houses or, you know, the politics have changed or the landscape has changed and relationships. I, I mean, I had two broken relationships with the military deployments and things change. And I think that's probably one of the harder things on the veteran. I do think possibly that as a result of that, a lot of veterans have, got learn to navigate and deal with that but that was you know i think when we talked about doing this podcast what were some of the the downsides perhaps that's some of the downside is when you're away you think the world is you can come back to the world and everything will be just as it was and, and that's not necessarily the case um i think for anybody listening to the podcast i would say i think what you know obviously you're going to interview veterans and understand if they're a good fit for your organization but i would encourage folks to look under the hood because there's a lot of training the folks that have been in the military are probably much more willing to go through things like role play or practice and rehearsals. Others might say, oh, why are we doing that yet again? And Mike and Matt talked about that. But I think any of your veterans are more likely to say, well, we get it. We were in the military. We knew how to clean the weapon. We knew how we do safety procedures. We, we, we could do them with our eyes closed, literally. But we never, we never sort of, you know, your veteran never said, well, why are we doing this? They understood there was yeah. a reason keeping the weapon clean there was a reason for doing safety drills so i do think it's worth giving veterans a chance and um you know we'll see see if that fit your organization or not yeah that's great I, I think we can leave it there um so gentlemen thanks so much for for joining us here today um you know we uh, we're all very lucky to to live in the country that we do and and of course that's in no small part to the the men and women uh, of our armed forces so uh anyone listening out there thank you as well if if you have served um and and finally thank you for our listeners for joining us here again Uh, stay safe everyone and, and, and we'll see you next time